0: Welcome back to the Two Black Runners podcast presented by The Runner Report. I'm your host, back in the chair, back in the host chair, Joshua Potts. Aaron took over last week and I got the chance to tell my story to the people for really you guys to just get to know me a little bit more on a personal level and also I have my Rosie Project vlogumentary which follows my 2019 to 2020 cross country and track season now available on the Runner Report YouTube channel coming out every single Thursday for the next 12 weeks. So today it actually the second episode just came out so you want to go make sure you guys check that out on YouTube. If you just want we want to see my running journey i think it's something interesting that we can all relate to definitely if you have ran track or cross country in the past or if you just love sports in general and sports documentaries but this week we're going to be doing something similar as last week switch it up and i'm going to be in the hosting chair and i'm going to be interviewing my co-host my brother from the same mother aaron potts super hot pots and really just going to be talking about his running journey and the things that he's gone through And before you click away and you're all like, bro, I don't wanna hear what Aaron has to say. Like, believe me, Aaron's been through some stuff. Aaron's been through, like for real, Aaron's been some, through some things. A lot of people have counted this man out and he's proven them wrong time and time again. So stick around, get your popcorn ready, get ready to fold your clothes, lace your shoes up to go on that eight mile run because we got a nice little story to tell you guys. And I think you guys are gonna enjoy the ride. Without a further ado, let me introduce the brother from the same mother. Zusa Pacific graduate, Hoka One One associate, and also Hoka Aggies runner as well, Eleanor Roosevelt alum, or I could say
1: legend, Aero okay. Potts in the
0: building, in okay. the building.
1: How's it going, bro? I'd like to hear that legend behind the name, that legend. Okay. Yeah, you did you did your thing, you
0: did your thing, no, I did, Rosie. My,
1: did my thing, did my thing. But yeah, no, I'm happy, you know, to just be on the podcast, and yeah, you know, this one. As we said, every now and then, for our listeners, we always do one for the real ones, and I think it is important for, for them to to know us, you know, on a personal level, know our journeys, where we came from, as we go into all these other people's journeys. So I I think it'll be fun. I'm I'm happy. Like I'm a, I'm on the two black runners. Like it's an honor, bro. Like I'm <laughs> I'm nervous, bro. I'm like, dang, I'm on the two black runners podcast. Like this crazy. It's crazy, bro. I got subscribe right now.
0: Uh, just <laughs> for real and if you if you have not few subscribers you haven't rated the podcast if you haven't shared it with a friend please go ahead and do so share your favorite podcast with somebody like let's do that but before we get into this one Aaron like like you said a lot of people don't really I feel like they don't know our running journeys we talk to somebody just about every single week about their running journey and how that relates to something in their life to something bigger and I want to do that same thing with you here today but before we get into that let's just I, can you just describe yourself to the people like if you could describe to yourself like if you like like if you're going to go into a job interview how would you describe yourself to that employer or describe yourself to a friend what would you say like really defines you
1: dang that that is that's a tough question but that is definitely that is definitely an interview question and that, you know <laughs> but um you know what would i describe myself as um i don't know i would definitely say like the things i i ground myself in um i try to ground myself in christ i try to ground, ground myself in my family um, and then I have passions. I, I I'm a very passionate person. Uh, as you can see, with if you guys are listeners, like you have heard me speak, I'm very just passionate about certain things. I'm very passionate about my relationships with people. Um, if you're my you're my homie, you're my family. I'm very passionate about that. Um, I'm very passionate about 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 running. I'm very passionate about uh, the running report. And I don't know, I guess I would also say I'm just passionate and determined and I just try to stay focused. I mean, that's kind of a short answer, but it's kind of, it's kind of hard to describe yourself a little bit.
0: Yeah. And that's why we have the whole entire podcast to really just by, by your journey, people are really going to learn and be able to describe themselves. Like for you, they're going to be able to describe like what you've been through and be able to describe and see the person that you've become through, through these past 26 years. But I think that's just a good starting point to just realize that like, Aaron, yes, he is a passionate person and you'll be able to see that in the next couple answers when we start getting into the meat and potatoes through this, but before we get to that, I kind of want to also just touch on that. Aaron, you've gone through a lot of unexpected changes. I feel like in 2020, like, I feel like if we went to the beginning of 2020, I don't think you would have thought you would be here, like right now. So like, what is just, of all those changes that you've been through, what has been, what has seemed like the biggest to you and what has seemed like the most challenging so far?
1: Man, man, this is how it is on the podcast. These questions are tough. These questions are quite <laughs> tough. But what has been the hardest thing for me? Um, I would say just 2020 has been um a roller coaster for me. I mean, 2020, I mean, obviously in the world with everything going on with COVID uh, to the racial injustice to the election, that is a lot to take on. But for me, uh, I was lucky to... I was blessed this year, you know. Uh, I was blessed to to enter a relationship. I have a, I have a beautiful girlfriend. I was blessed to get get a new get a new job. Get out of a situation where I, I wasn't getting paid where I thought I should get paid. To get a new job and to sustain myself. And I was I was blessed to um, to somewhat come back from this this injury. So I I was going through while the world was going through all these crazy crazy ch- changes and challenges like. I was also going through a big transition period in my life. I, I ended up, mm-hmm. I moved, I moved from where I lived before. I started a new job and I started that new job on Zoom. And I think the hardest thing that I've dealt with is learning how to juggle this new life in this new, in this new world. If you, yeah. if you understand what I'm saying, because I've had to, we'll get into this as we get further into the podcast, like my writing has taken more of a, a backseat. And the other things I do, uh, such as work, such as uh, two black runners, running report, my my, my relationship. Um, honestly, I would even say my relationship uh, with with God as well. That's all been. I feel like I'm. I started this new life, this new transition, while the world had this big shift and change too. And mm-hmm. just balancing it all, and just trying to trying to find find my rhythm. I always feel that whenever you start a, a new job or you go into college for the first time, whenever you start something new, you got to find that, you got to develop that new routine, that new balance. And I'm still going, I'm still, I'm seven months into my job and I'm still going into that and I'm still figuring it out. It's less overwhelming now. Cause I'm at least, I'm moved into my, I'm moved into my room. I'm used yeah, to where I'm, yeah. I'm living and stuff like that. So that helps, but I'm still just trying to continue improving my routine, my process, and my balance of everything.
0: Yeah, like to be honest, bro. If you guys were able to see like how many things that Aaron juggles behind the scenes, it's it would it's it's it makes sense why we have a lot of podcasts up on Wednesday and Thursday. But it also, it doesn't make sense how we've been able to put out a podcast for the past thirty-two weeks. Like right. <laughs> to be honest, there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes from both of us, and it's it definitely gets challenging at times. Like for real, for
1: real, bro. Like honestly. The fact that, yeah, the fact that we've had one every week is, is, is crazy. There is definitely some times where I was like, you know, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. We don't got to put it out. It's whatever. Take the L, take we got the L. 25 straight. We're going to take the L. But God got a different answer for us, bro. He be, guess me popping out of nowhere. Nick Simmons be saying stuff randomly. Like, just <laughs> people just be, would just be giving us topics, you know?
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, it's truly blessing to always be able to have them talk to. And it's truly a blessing to just be able – that these people come back every single week and want to listen to two black runners like hey i'm down for it if you're here i'm gonna be here and we ain't going nowhere so you might as well show up every single week so but before we get into as we dive deeper into the podcast Aaron, let's go back a little bit and i want to talk about like do you remember like your first introduction to sports because even now your life is still surrounded that's surrounded with sports being 26 year old 26 years old you already talked about how you're running has kind of took a back seat but like still being you you work for a hoke on it on it so like your whole entire job is involved with running that's around the sports scene so do you remember like your first introduction to sports and where you like fell in love with it as a young age
1: yeah I mean my first introduction I mean growing up in our, in our household uh is a very competitive household our my dad, our dad just in. Steals that in. us playing hot hands, uh, playing thumb wars, <laughs> playing all those yeah. games. So I feel like I've always been competitive. And I grew up. I'm the second. I'm the second oldest out of four. So I have an older brother, Caleb. Caleb's always been a beast at everything. And we grew up in a neighborhood where everybody is just out on the block. Everyone's on the block. We we playing basketball every day. We playing football. We playing hide and go seek. So being competitive is is natural. Like that's always. Uh, been something for me I would say my my first introduction though into sports I remember or the first thing I ever remember doing was t-ball I did Mm t-ball and I did this other like thing where it was like all these like Olympic sports but I was young like I don't even remember what age I was but I remember playing t-ball and I didn't really like it like I I thought it was was (laughs) whack I thought it was boring and then the the first sport I would say like I started to like was basketball because i mean our family is a big basketball family everyone we all watch basketball all the time and then just playing outside we just would play outside we play basketball all the time and i would play at recess and stuff too mm-hmm. and, and we joined a little a league right there so that was my first introduction into sports really and i would say like our family is big laker fans so we were always watching sports. Were just always on. They're always just around. So I just feel like it's something that was very, very natural to me to have a love for sports.
0: Yeah, like da 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 da. I yeah. feel like that was like my, that was my alarm in elementary school. I feel like that's what I woke up to every single morning. Every
1: every morning I'm downstairs before school. I got my. Ten, that's why we're able to do these podcasts. We got our ten thousand hours. Every morning yeah. I'm downstairs watching ESPN every single day since like kindergarten bro yeah our dad is crazy bro when i was in kindergarten we we would have we used to race like we used to race um mm-hmm. from the fence at, at ranch view and my d- dad told me that he used to come this dude used to come sometimes and he'd be cheering like go, what Go, go, what? go, so it's like you know
0: this dude love ball
1: He's the ball bro so it's like bro he slowly like put that into our brain to always to always be competitive and to always like push yourself so i'm i'm blessed with that because i feel i felt like that that seeps into other parts of of my of my life and yeah i mean after after that like i do you want me to go into it i'll let you go i don't know
0: Yeah, but then like like you're about to go into that just now, like you started, you played basketball, you played a little bit of t-ball and some other sports, but then you and Caleb started running track and field Yes, and you guys started doing that at a very young age, but I want to, doing club track, I I have to assume first off doing it, it was definitely like kind of weird, it's definitely something fun, but when did it feel like club track started to get more serious for you? That's what I really want to
1: talk about. For me, club track was always serious. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like there was maybe, like, my first, like, couple races, but, like, it was, it was, when we started doing track, it was always serious. Like, when I played basketball, when I played t-ball, like, that seemed like it was more for fun. But once we started doing track, like, yeah, I mean, of course I loved it, you know, obviously. But, like, there was something about it that was, that was serious, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. if I I wasn't running how I run it to, I was, I was upset, but. How we got into it was just, I was in the second grade, I think when I first started running track, I'm pretty sure. And so I would put Caleb in the fourth grade and like, Caleb was always just, he was pretty good. And dad was pretty into it. So naturally being the younger brother, like I I wanted, I wanted a taste too. So I started, I, I wasn't as good off the bat starting, but I don't know, I found there was something about, something about it that I really liked and, what I felt like it was was like, cause since I since I didn't come in hot off the bat, like winning races and and yeah. beating people, I had to I had to really fall in love with with the process. Like I fell in love with with like training and then going to race and then pring, you know. And mm-hmm. that's what kept on that kept me motivated. And I always had dad in my ear and other people tell me that your time is going to come. Like that was something I was always told when I was young is your time, your time is, your time is going to come. Your time is going to come. So for me, I would say, I don't know. It was always kind of serious too, because like in the back of our mind, like it it was always known that we're doing this to get a scholarship. We're doing this to get money, like to go to school. That was always the, that was always the plan from second grade. So and and especially when you have like a older a older brother that is like winning races and like you know making it to the JOs mm-hmm. you know that that already makes it a little bit more serious and you're like I need to be I need to be there I want to get to that level like I want to be the best and you got to you, you learn. I learned from a young age like these young these guys that are fast like I'm not as fast as them so I got to train hard like I got to train hard to catch up so Mm-hmm. yeah and it's crazy to think that think like that too like i don't know i just felt like club track was never really just for fun I, it was always serious
0: The interesting i i find about that is like me and aaron we're six years apart so i really remember like aaron like i remember you winning races and losing races when you're in high school mostly i remember you running like cross country and track and and like in middle school and club track like that but it's 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 not as clear so i really remember like high school and college you running but like were you still like getting because you would be getting pissed after after you lost so when you're younger would you be getting pissed too when you lose like in the 3k and i will just imagine like dad coming up to you like you gotta chill bro you gotta chill like your time is gonna come is that how it was like you just be really mad even at a young age yes (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, yes, I, I have definitely had to learn how to like manage, manage that aspect, but yes, like, and it wasn't just cause I would lose. Like if I just ran a bad race, like I was mad and it you know,
0: mm. and
1: I think dad knew from a very young age that I was just like, that I was competitive. Like I wanted to be good. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't yeah. just satisfied with my races like if I ran bad like my whole day would be messed up sometimes like I was mad mm-hmm. and like at like 11 years old bro like I was trying to be good bro like I was really trying to make it to the J.O.'s bro and I just kept yeah. getting fifth and fourth every year and that would make piss me off bro I was like I was really getting mad at nine years old bro like for real
0: before we get into high school I also want to just really know like when did you start looking at like track as a sports fan once you start learning like these runners' names and like when track wasn't just like a sport you did, but it was like a sport that you want to watch as well.
1: Dudes again, very early very early on, um, gotta give all credit to Pops, man. This guy had us on. Like, I've always been like part of the reasons why the fifteen hundred became my favorite event is cause at a young age, dad would show me Bernard Lagat racing, and I became obsessed with Bernard Lagat. Bernard Lagat was still my was my hero and Bernard Lagat. still to this day I've met him before it's the only time in my life I was like that's Bernard Lagat." like that was my childhood really was my childhood hero man like yeah. who I was trying to who I was trying to be like who I would why why I jog the entire race and sprint the last <laughs> 200 and club track did that be
0: getting you mad at getting mad at you, you like, for that you
1: gotta get out you gotta get out <laughs> and I'd be trying but I just didn't know how to get out yet but like you know, I'm always going to kick that last two Like god you know That's who I was trying to be like So, yeah, we used to watch Bernard Legat, Track Meets We used to watch Maurice Green, Justin Gatlin, Sean Crawford So, all that's like early 2000s So, which for me, like It's like, if you know, if you say like 2004 I'm like 10 years old already And that's around the time of Maurice Green Sean Crawford, all of them And then also at a young mm. age Dad showed us um, I think he showed me like I think like in sixth or fifth grade, he showed me without limits, and then I started super getting into distance even more. Like seeing, yeah. you know, seeing pre and he was just like a legend. I was just like, dang, like this kid, this white boy was crazy. He like, used to go out <laughs> really? hard, like you know what I mean. Like and yeah. I, that legend began. So like, I fell in love with the sport very quickly. You know, it didn't it didn't take much for me to fall in love with fall in love with the sport like i i l- always loved watching like track meets live the olympics and all that i can't remember like a moment i just feel like it kind of it kind of was like basketball and, and those other sports for me mm-hmm. and i started doing it in the second grade so as soon as yeah. i started doing it i started to you know slowly learn about all the different athletes
0: yeah, I feel you, especially. I talked about that even last week a little bit on our podcast. Like, track was the same as being a little kid watching basketball, WWE, football, everything, Blue's Clues. That's what track was like to me. Like, that's it was a childhood show, and it's continued just being a show that you continue to watch, be honest. But then as you moved into high school, bro... Uh, you came in two years after Caleb. Caleb established himself, the high school that we all went to, Eleanor Roosevelt High School. And for a second, I, could you just talk about and describe your relationship with Caleb? You guys just being, you guys were the first two, the first two Potts kids. And then now going into going into high school, you were kind of like, per se, in Caleb's shadow, one could say a little bit, as being baby Potts. Coming into uh, coming into Roosevelt, how was that relationship with Caleb? In those early years in Club, and how was it trying to live in his shadow and navigate living in his shadow during high school?
1: First of all, let's give Caleb his props first, though. But like Caleb, yeah, Caleb is our is our older brother, and Caleb was a beast. This dude was a he beast. Was. So in, in Club, yeah, Caleb was just one of the guys that was always at the top. You know, I think I don't think he was a midget. He got like top five. At, at J.O.'s But he was always one of the top guys in club Like whenever you go If y'all, if anyone listens to this runs club track When you go to a club track meet Everybody knows who the fast people are Like you low-key a celebrity Like everybody mm-hmm. knows If you in the fast heat Everybody know Like you know All the people in the stands They getting their popcorn ready They like oh shoot Like oh we got, <laughs> we got to see Elias Gideon Versus Caleb Potts Versus Josh Mance Like you know People, yeah. people get People get hyped up to watch that, so that's that's who Caleb always was. But I don't know. I've been asked this question before, like yeah, like especially I would say more so in club. Like I was in I was in Caleb's shadow because this dude was killing it, J.O.'s, and I couldn't even I couldn't even make it. Like I couldn't even make it make it there. But like I don't know. I, I me and Caleb have always had a great relationship. I would say Caleb is for show my best friend so like it was never anything like ill will it was just more so like i wanted to do what he was doing i wanted to be like that and i was able to see the work he put in and you know i just knew i was a i was a different type of athlete but at the same time for me like seeing my brother be successful only gave me like encouragement like i knew i was gonna be like because i was just always like what, what we what we skipped over a little bit is like growing up like right now i'm like six one 150 but growing up i didn't grow until like sophomore year so i was very i was very tiny very skinny like definitely going in high school like 100 pounds you know five three so i was very yeah. small and caleb and the rest of our brothers different caleb was like you know out of eighth grade like five eight you know like kind of kind of cut kind of big so i was always just A little bit small, a little bit smaller. But I always knew. I used to pray, bro. I used to pray every single night, like for real, bro. I used to pray every night. I'd be like, God, make me stronger and make me faster. Like I used to pray that prayer every single night, bro. And I knew, I knew I was like, bro, like I'm gonna grow. Like I know, I know I am gonna, I know I'm gonna grow, and like it's in your genes. So there was never like a rivalry be- between me and Caleb. Like It was just like, yo, like when I was coming onto the team my freshman year, Caleb was already telling everybody on the team, my brother's coming onto the team next year and he's gonna beat y'all. Mm-hmm. That's what he was saying. He's coming on the team, he gonna beat y'all. And I was like, let's go. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I'm coming. I'm gonna be on varsity, freshman. Like I'm gonna be on varsity. I'm gonna be beating y'all. Because when you're a club runner too, you know you have an advantage over the people that you know? Yeah. And it's just like, bro, like, watch. I'm gonna come to team. I'm gonna beat y'all. And l i am going to beat you all and let me hit puberty and I'm gonna get it. Caleb always would look out for me, bro. So I was never really there was never any like issue between us with that.
0: Yeah, and you said like there's no rivalry, but the first time you're able to actually beat Caleb. Like in a cross country race, I think it was your I think it was your sophomore year. Just what was what was that type of how did it feel to finally like get that accomplishment to like beat Caleb for like the first time?
1: Dang, I didn't even think about that. I mean I mean it was cool, but like like I said, bro, I was I felt like I was putting in work. And I knew Caleb wasn't like a super big cross country guy. He was more of a manager mm-hmm. guy. But like yeah coming in like I knew too that with high school running like what would benefit what would benefit me was doing more distance more distance yeah. I mean everyone my whole life would tell me you're gonna be a you're gonna be a great distance runner one day you're gonna be a great distance runner and I actually did make it to jos and cross country one time one time I was the last I was the last person in in fourth grade I still remember. I still remember that <laughs> first that that race. One more thing I'll say about Caleb too is, even before high school, when I think back, like like everywhere we went, every school, Caleb was the fastest person. So mm-hmm. I had to he I was he was coming in. I was coming to beat every single record he had. Yeah, you know, or was like, you know, like I remember sixth to eighth when I was in we were in Grace Oakley at sixth to eighth grade together. He had all the records for the turkey trot so i come in sixth grader i gotta win this race i gotta and i gotta break the record and that's that's what i did and then that's that's the same that was the same mentality going to roosevelt like you know going to high school it's like oh caleb he's known he's a fast runner it's like all right like that's what we do we pots like it's my turn now like let's get it um so i mean beating him was fun to make fun of him for but at the end of the day, it didn't really make, it didn't really make that big a difference because it wasn't the track, bro.
0: Yeah, but then you still had great success on the track after Caleb graduated, and then going into your junior year, I believe you ran like four twenty one, four eighteen. In the mile so like you're really starting to like get going your junior year and like but you're still looking to have off like have like that big senior year and I feel like your senior year is kind of like that classic story of somebody that wasn't the greatest like junior sen- greatest freshman year but then every single year they got better and better and better Then senior year all the hard work pays off and you get to go to that state meet. So, like, when did you realize, was it that senior year when you started, like, running great cross-country times and when you started running, going, getting your mile time down that you realized that, like, you could actually have a good high school career? Or when was it that moment when you realized, like, man, I can be really good at running and I can get to, like, this next level in college?
1: I mean, honestly, yeah. I always, like I said, the plan was always to get a scholar to go to college. And I just knew, that, like, that was in me. Like, that was, that wasn't like, oh, is it gonna happen? I was like, that's happening. Like, mm. it was just a part of it, you know. Like, it's gonna happen. Like, I'm just gonna pop off. And like, yeah, yeah every every year, I got a little bit better. Freshman year in like 450, which I was like, okay, like, I, cause like I said in club, I was already used to, you know, not being the best but I was used to like just focusing on myself and getting better. So I was like four fifty, yeah. like that's decent. That's decent for a freshman. And then sophomore year, that's when I started my body started changing. I started getting a little bit taller, started growing. That year I ran like I think I ran like four thirty two. So I was like, okay, like I'm a good that's a pretty decent sophomore. And then junior year, like you said, that's when I ran um four twenty 420, four twenty two or three or something like that. But my biggest improvement from that junior year, I ran 423 and like 158. My biggest improvement that year was, the reason I improved actually is because Caleb went to college. So Caleb went to college. He went to NAU. And I was like, and he started telling me like, oh, like we do double days. Like we do long runs, you know? Uh We do this. We do strides. We do this, you know? And I was like, what the heck? Like we're not doing that. So I started... I started running, like, 13 miles on Sundays. Like, I don't even know what my mileage was, but I was running a 13-miler mile, 13 miler on Sunday. And I don't know. I, I was just – I was determined, bro. Like, I just knew, like, I was on the cusp because I, I ran, like, 423. And also, like, I wanted to go to Northern Arizona. That was my goal. And I asked Caleb. I was like, yo, so what do I got to run? What do I got to run to get here? He was like, you got to run 412. And you got to try to try to go under nine. And I was like, all right, bet. So that was just like the focus. And I was like, you know, every year we make our goals and, you know, I, and I was like 423. I mean, like, I was like, I think I don't even know what I put in my goal for that year, but I was just trying to run 412, bro. I was just trying to yeah get there. I don't, I don't know if that, that answers your question.
0: Yeah, that, that answers it. You were able. You you fell short a little bit of the four twelve. You ran four fourteen, but you're still able to get to the state final in uh in California, which is one of the most competitive states for track and field in every single event, basically. And we're able to still all go out there and do your thing your pizza and pizza your best ability. But I overall, I would just like to, if you were to have like any advice for any seniors, high school seniors out there that are trying to break out. That senior year of track, like, what would be the best advice to give to them to break out just the same way that you did, for they can get to that state final and get to that college that they want to go to? I ran four
1: thirteen though. I ran four thirteen.
0: Oh, 4- my bad, yeah, my bad, bro. My bad, yeah, four
1: thirteen. My yeah, bad. Come on, man. But no, <laughs> I mean, to be honest, yeah. I mean, I would. My biggest thing would just be stay, stay locked in, stay focused. Don't let the, don't let the outside distractions seep in and definitely stay focused like train in the summer like throughout that whole mm-hmm. summer and really stay focused in, and believe really believe in yourself for me i think a lot of it was just to like yes working hard but like growing into my body because yeah yeah i'll just grow into my body because i've always just been a late bloomer my birthday's in september so i was 17 my whole senior year you know, came in at sixteen. When there's people who are eighteen, there's even people who are nineteen. So also, like, some if you're if you're not where you want to be, especially in high school, you might just be underdeveloped, and it and it takes time to be developed. So the biggest thing that's helps help helped me was just staying staying patient and uh, continuing to believe because you never know, man. Like yeah, like my senior year, I ended up running. Uh, before my senior year I ran one fifty I mean my junior year I ran one fifty eight. Like I was my first time breaking two. Like two races mm-hmm. and one fifty eight. My body grew a little bit more, I kept training and then we were like, let's just run the eight. I ended up running one fifty four. Like and then I ended up running four thirteen. So it's just like I was putting in the work, but maybe my body just my body just wasn't ready yet. And you know, you're still you're still growing at such a you're still you're so young in high school. So there's so much more time so i can't really talk to people about people who are like elite but if you're someone you know running like four thirty going to your senior year like don't don't give up just stay focused stay on the course because you never know because you're you're so you're so young
0: yeah and especially it all it all worked out for you and i think if you're our high school senior to take that advice to not give up and really just keep on going because you really never know what can happen if you put in that hard work and you'll never know what will happen if you don't put in that hard work and then you like you said 413 mile uh 154 800 doesn't get you to nau it gets you to azusa pacific university in sunny southern california and you went d2 because d1 was too mainstream and so and and you went into azusa pacific and you made a splash bro i remember going to your freshman, your freshman year, your conference meeting track, and you won the 1500 meter as a freshman. What did that do for your confidence and just really for your running career going forward at APU?
1: I mean, yeah, I guess, yeah, it definitely, it made me more confident, but I don't know. As I said, I like, I went, I mean, yeah, I went to D2 school, but I never felt like I was a that I mean, I don't think there's such thing as like a D2 athlete, like, I was just an athlete. Like my times were good enough to be on any team in the mm-hmm. in the nation. I mean, I, one of the biggest reasons I chose APU was the was the scholarship and the money the money I was able to get. So um, to like support our family, that was one of the biggest drivers. And like some of the schools, some of the schools they just weren't able to offer me some of some of that money because um my senior year too like my senior year I didn't run fast like I ran faster literally like every single race like I started off I started the year off at 422 I and I didn't run 413 until I didn't for, for 13 until my till master's
0: state prelim prelims
1: no till master's and I ran again oh. at state prelims so by that time like Everyone is signed. Like, I didn't know didn't the guy ran 154 until close to the end of the season two. So, by, and I wasn't signed to, and I wasn't signed to a school. So, by that time, like, everyone is signed and your options are slim and, and people are trying to just pick you up for cheap. You know, they're trying to pick you up for like $500, which was mm. not going to cut it. So, I mean, I chose to go to Azusa Pacific. And yeah, I mean, winning that first time, I was, it was it was it was awesome to win and a great uh it was a great race too. I remember like that that race going into it. Um, my goal was to break 350. I think well, I don't even remember what my PR was at the time. Like probably like 356 or I don't know something like that. But like and yeah, my coach told me that there were some guys in there that had faster PRs than me that were like around 350. And he told me that they were trying to 350. So I was like, "All right, let's go." So I just stuck, I just stuck around, I just stuck around, and I just stuck around them. And the last 300, I took off. I remember this dude pulled my shirt. There's a video. I tried to grab my shirt, bro. This dude straight grabbed my shirt, bro, and that just made me so mad. And that helped me so much. And yeah, I just kicked it in and, and won the race. So yeah, that was that was a positive experience. But I don't know. I don't know if it's just me. I just didn't really see it as nothing big though. Cause I was just mm-hmm. like, you know, this is the Pac like no offense, but I was like, this is the Pac West. Like I'm trying to be better than that. Like it's whatever. But now thinking back in hindsight, like, yeah, it's cool.
0: Yeah, it definitely was a cool experience. Definitely but being the little brother and then to see you go out there and win conference as a freshman, then you went on to have other great races at APU too. And just like you you had a great career there but there was just one one big thing at APU that kind of halted your running career and just your academic eligibility for a second and i can't remember exactly what year it was but you ended up getting suspended for APU for a period of time can you just kind of describe how how difficult that was for you you actually had to like come stay home with us for i think for about like 6 months or something like that just how was it having to stay home and like having to miss out on so many things at that time to where you felt like you should have been back at APU?
1: Yeah. I mean, that definitely was a a different, a different time. um, and something I, I didn't think that that was going to happen. But uh, yeah, basic, basically at APU, since it is a private Christian school, me and my friends, we had a party off campus and people got caught up and said things and I was made out to be the leader of this group of of this group um, that happened. And yeah, they decided they wanted to suspend me, especially for a full year and they gave everyone else half a year. So Mm -hmm. I had to like do all these things, I had to beg, beg them and do all these things to just get back for a semester. And yeah, and it was just it was just, it was just rough. Cause I mean, I still feel to this day, like when I think about it more in hindsight, like it, it, it just, it just sounds bad. You know, like all your white friends get suspended for a semester, then you get suspended for a full year and, and everyone only remembered you and they called you out and made you the leader and the one that put on everything. So the more I think about it, the more wrong I feel like it is. And then I had to like get on my knees and cry and beg to basically get back. They made me do all these things. So, I mean, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I was just mostly angry. Like I was mostly just angry, um, with the school. I mean, I mean, I was happy that like my, my coach still wanted me to be there, but I wasn't sure if I, if I wanted to be there, you know, mm-hmm. cause I was like, I don't even know if this is the best for me. And it's just like, but I was like, I was stuck cause transferring is difficult and I wasn't allowed to transfer for like a full year or something. I was like all these different things. So yeah, that was a tough time. And then, yeah, coming back, coming back home. I mean, in hindsight, coming home was kind of dope. Like, I'm not even going to lie. But when I was, when I was, it wasn't really that bad. Cause once I accepted it, it was just like, all right. So I don't have to go to school and I could just run and work. Yeah. Like that wasn't, I don't know, and when it first happened, it was a big deal. But as we got first semester, I mean, I didn't like working at chalet at the time. I was like, "Yo, this sucks. I'm on here because I have to work." But like, I was only missing cross country season, so I was just, I was just training, bro. I was just, mm-hmm. I was just training, living at home. Like you're 19, so I'm just training. I was like living at home for free, fortunately. So like in hindsight, like it wasn't that big of a deal. Like I was just registering the cross country season. But I was just like, so I don't know. Like it was, it was dumb. I think it was like dumb that it, that it came to that and happened. But like, yeah, once I, once we got through, once we got through all the, the, the hard conversations and everything, and I was just literally just running and going to work and then hanging out, hanging out with my boy Anthony every once in a while. I mean, it wasn't that big a deal. I was just like, oh, I had to do community service, too. Like, I do community service, but like, I didn't have no homework. Yeah. You know, it was kind of like COVID right now. But like if you had a full on track season right when you came back.
0: You still went on to have a great career at APU and everything like that. But you had to itch to keep on running after college and you went on. To San Luis up in San Luis Obispo to run with the Hoka Aggies. Uh, what what came to that decision and why did you want to keep on running after college? A lot of people don't end up pursuing that or they just want to stop after college. Like what made you want to keep on running?
1: Uh, for, uh, for me, I mean, I always kind of felt that in college too. That you know, it was always been my dream to be a pro athlete. Like I grew up watching lagart like that was my hero like straight up and lagart mm. we need still need to get lagart on this show y'all should y'all should dm Dumb. me to get onto the show but Dumb. um for me i wasn't sure what the next step was like i think in college i wasn't really thinking too much about what was going to be next i wasn't very career focused yet but when I came to APU, like, I felt like I made a conscious choice to, I didn't really, that wasn't, like, my number one school. Like, I could have went to these other schools. Like, I could have went to mm. NAU. I could have went to U of A. But I just would have had to, like, it would put a burden on our family, more money, and i made that decision. And then when I went to APU, like, made great friends and everything, but I didn't have the best experience, as you said. Like, I got suspended, and when I came back from that suspension, I was looked down on like i was like a bad like one of the one of the bad kids on the team or something and there was just mm-hmm. always like this shadow over me that i that i felt from my felt from my peers and and i felt from some of my coaches and i was like man i went through all of that because i didn't well i don't want to say just because of that but part of the reason i went through all of that is because i didn't make a decision based solely on what i on what i want you know I decided to make a decision based on other on someone else so i didn't make a decision yeah. for me so continuing to run in college and just bet on my run after college and bet on myself and move sounds best bit start working on running running warehouse was me betting on myself i was like i don't know but why not it's not you know you got your whole life ahead of you like there's so much time yeah. you know so i was like why not? Why not? I had no good. I I mean, because at first I didn't know. I was like, man, am I dumb for doing this? Like, I'm I haven't, I haven't done nothing. I ain't ran fast. But everyone, all my friends and everything, were very supportive. They were like, bro, why wouldn't you do that? Like, if you have the op that opportunity, that's such an amazing opportunity. Why not? And I was just like, I couldn't. The only reason I could think of 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 why not was like because of other people's opinions. And I was like, that's stupid. <laughs> that's dumb. Yeah. So I should just do it. And that's why I did.
0: Yeah, and I can totally relate to just the fact of like betting on yourself. I think we I kind of talked about that last week, to where into my senior year I felt like I didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't in my control. Uh, my senior year of track season. But then once I was able to like bounce back from uh Mount bounce back from Sea to Mount Sac, I was finally able to, like to bet on myself, and that's when I started to feel just like. Start to love of running a little bit more, and had a different appreciation for it for sure. And I'm really curious to just did you find like a different appreciation for running, or was there what was the biggest difference from like running and trying to make running like your career while you're while you're actually working with the Hoka Aggies compared to when you're running for school or running just for fun as as a kid. Was there a big difference for running as a career and just running for a school?
1: Um, yeah, I mean I think the the biggest difference is working, like balancing, like when your first your first year of it, you definitely gotta something new. So you gotta figure out that balance again, how it works better for you. And it's a lot more I mean, at least the program I was in, it's a lot more a lot more hands off. So you gotta take more initiative, you got you gotta Hold yourself accountable. Um, I was lucky to have a, a good roommates and everything like that. But it's definitely more more on, on you. And mm-hmm. um, also, it's just like, yeah, it's just like, I don't know, there's a lot of things. Like, if you aren't really, like, really popping off, like, you really got to be running fast. Like, if you want to, you got to define what your goals are. You know, yeah. Because if you don't, you can just ca- be, get caught up being mediocre and just doing the same thing over and over and being okay with. So you gotta define what your goals are. You got to also just really be, hold yourself accountable and um, hold yourself accountable and, and and be and be disciplined because it, I mean it's it's all it's all on you and also like nobody cares, bro. <laughs> nobody really cares. Either. So, I I mean, I think people don't realize that in college, but like at the end of the day, like nobody cares what you run, bro. So just do Mm -hmm. your thing.
0: And then you're able to have, you did a couple years with the Hoka Ayes. You're still with the Hoka Ayes in a way, but I think what two years ago now, you suffered kind of a a major incident, major injury with a fire hydrant. And that has kind of now shifted your focus and shifted. Shifted how you think about running and how you see running. Just kind of take us through that injury and that situation and how you've talked about in the beginning that running has kind of been on the back burner in a sense and you start to focus on your new job. Just how would how did that process all come to be?
1: Yeah, bro. Um yeah. No, that 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 injury I'm still dealing with dealing with now um but yeah basically in what year was this march march of 2019 and then my first year on the mm-hmm. Aggies was 2018 and my first year I didn't I didn't really P, PR or I didn't really PR or anything like that I didn't run how I wanted so my second year I was just like I gotta take everything to the next level like I gotta be a professional and I thought Like this was a year I was like, I'm going to see a breakthrough. Like I was trying to just get all my ducks in a row. Like I just started like started reading, like even just like mentally, like growing into like a adult, like started reading, reading more, started doing my core, like trying to take care of myself, like mentally and physically. So, yeah, having this, getting this injury was very disappointing, but basically it was just like a very freak accident. I was just on a run. I was on a run, um, I was on a run at, at, at night with two of my, my other teammates and I was running on the running on the sidewalk. And I thought I was far enough to my, my right to avoid this fire this fire hydrant that's always like in the middle of the sidewalk. But I was like, I guess I, I wasn't far enough over to my right. So my leg clipped, my leg, I was like running and my leg just clipped it. And the, the pointy part hit right into my thigh. And I like flipped over and I didn't even realize what I hit at first because I thought I was far enough over. And then when I saw I hit the fire hydrant, I was like, oh, shoot, like that hurt. So yeah. I tried to, I tried to run back, I tried to run back to the house, made about a mile and I had to get picked up. And then, um, the next day my whole thigh was so swollen. I couldn't even bend my, I couldn't even bend my, my leg at all. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't bend my leg and I ended up having like a hematoma. So all the blood, fl- blood flow in my thigh was just kind of was just kind of sitting there. And yeah, it was just kind of sitting there and um, it couldn't it wouldn't come out. So I tried all these different things. I had to lay it up. Um, I had to like lay my leg up, do all this PT stuff. And it just was taking Forever for that blood to drain and go out, and and um once it started getting like a little bit smaller, uh, a lump started to form on my on my thigh, and when I and and I was wondering what that was, like I tried to run on it and it might make my leg blow up again, so we're just have months of trying to like figure figure that out, and it and it, uh, apparently like a bony growth started to form in my leg because. The blood and the blood did not heal correctly. Like I wasn't able to walk. I wasn't a nor- I wasn't able to be function normal. And that mm-hmm. was in a that was in a place that like I had never been before. I never mm-hmm. not been able to run. I've like, been injured, but i never been able to like, you know, I had to crutch around while I was in the best, like, the best shape I've ever been in, you know? Yeah. And I was like, dang, like this is gonna go away. I'm gonna be back quick. But, like, I found out quick, like, this wasn't going to go away. So, going into that, I remember I made a post, like, the week before I got hurt where I, I was just like, oh, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. Okay, so that was March 1st, 2019. Yeah, so March 1st, 2019, I made this post talking about how grateful I was for running, And, like, the next week, the next week, I got hurt, bro. So, I felt like it was God asking me, like, yo, bet, you really, you grateful? You love me? Mm-hmm bet. So I got hurt. And I was like, oh, I was like sad for like a week or whatever. But I had to like, eventually it was just like, bro, like, I'm not running. I remember I was like, broke. Like I had no money. I was late on on rent. And my rent wasn't that much. So I really had to like look at myself. And I was like, bro, like, why am I choosing this life? Like, I'm like, I can't walk. Like I'm making no money. Can't make can't make rent. It's like, bro, why are you choosing this life you could do and it's like and it's like the excuse always was oh you're working you're working here you're doing this because you're running you're doing this because you're running you know and i was like well i'm not running right now so am i really doing this just because i'm i'm pursuing my running career or am i just using this as an excuse to sit around and do nothing you know so it was like i like felt like i i like challenge it was like a challenge to myself and i just started to like i don't know the more i started to just like accept where i was at and like challenge myself i started to see that like you know this isn't like a down period this is an opportunity this is an opportunity opportunity for me to grow this is an opportunity for me to be better so i mean and a part of that was like okay focus on what you can control you know i was still like doing core every morning, reading and stuff like that. And I started just being like, all right, I never was going to work at this place forever. This might be the time like to see what's out there. So I started applying for jobs. I started inquiring. I started like reaching out to people, seeing how they got to where they're at. And then I applied in, um, in, uh, right towards the end of 2019 is when I applied for, for Hoka. And, yeah, it just seemed like it was meant to be. I remember one of my friends that worked for Hoka was telling me, like, yo, everyone is going to the Olympic trials. Everyone is going to the Olympic trials from Hoka. Like, you have to go. And I was like, don't you do social media? Like, you should go. And I was like, you're right. Like, I need to go. So I got my ticket, went to Atlanta. I already had interviews before I got to Atlanta. And everything everything just lined up, man. Like, every interview I had. I remember going to Atlanta. I remember going to Atlanta to to this um to the Olympic trials, bro. Like I'm waiting to get on I'm waiting to get on my plane with my friend and my future coworker, Craig Lutz, comes and he sits, he's like, Oh, you taking this flight too? And I was like, Bro, this is wild. Like <laughs> this is crazy. Like this yeah. is I'm gonna get this job, bro. Like, this is meant destiny. to be. Like this is meant to be. This is destiny. And I just kept on leaning leaning into it leaning into it and yeah it happened it happened and I'm more happy with the role I got got now than the role I would have had the first time around
0: yeah that's that's really just a crazy story I remember you just going through all of that in the beginning of this year and it's crazy that that was at the beginning of this year because it doesn't even seem that long ago that's why like, I thought it was in 20 TV.
1: that's why I thought it was in 2018 because I was like wait what but, yeah. yeah, that's that's exactly why I thought it was in 2018. But, no, like, yeah, all that stuff that happened, all that stuff happened when I was not running, mm-hmm. you know?
0: And the real crazy thing, too, about that is, like, you're doing all these things in Hoka, moving to Santa Barbara, and all of this, and this is when, like, we started to fully commit to the running report and, and everything. We I changed their YouTube channel name to the running report, I was all in on it. And it was really like last year in August that we started to really like, I, I I approached you like as we start to get to the podcast, end of the podcast, I want to talk a little bit about the running report. And like, I approached you and I was all like, bro, you want to just like, I want to do more running report. I want to start a running report Instagram like last year in August. And then what was just like your reaction and what did you see like in the potential of the running report becoming when I first like approached you it was like, bro, let's just Let's me and you. Let's let's do this and like try and change something a little bit in the game.
1: Yeah, I knew the potential was big. I've always thought the potential from the get go. Like I've always thought, like bro, this is something, something different. Like this is something different that the world has never seen before. And I just, yeah, I just always thought the potential was the, was the, was the um, there was no no limit to how big it big it was. And I still how big it can be. And I still like wholeheartedly believe that there's so many things that this can grow off of. And, and, and I just feel like, I always like, bro, I just feel like this was all this stuff, like that fire hydrant, all that stuff, like me moving to slow, like that all was supposed to happen for me to be Mm. where I'm at right now, for you to be where you're at with, you know, like that didn't, that didn't just happen on cool coincidence you know yeah so i mean when you approached me about it i was i was ready bro i was ready to go and I, and i and i still see the potential and the growth especially especially like you know i've worked at a snow space i worked at running warehouse now working at hoka like i've just felt and being an athlete like i've done running my whole life like and i'm just feel blessed that i am still doing it like i'm not running as much but I'm still so involved with the sport and the culture and I feel like I just learn more every day on how things work and, and it makes me more excited from the running report because it, it, it shows me how unique it shows me how unique it is every day.
0: And as we, this podcast is getting long and as we get to the end, I really just have one more question for you, Aaron, and I feel like this can help a lot of people out there to people that, because I feel like Aaron, you have a lot of confidence in yourself. The way the way you describe things and everything about that, you always feel that you're capable. And when you set out and you go out and do things, and I so I kind of just want to ask, like, why? Why do you always feel like when you set out to do things, that's from running in second grade? You felt like you're going to be capable one day, and that everything was going to turn around when you when you started going out those interviews for that new job after running Warehouse to go to Hoka, you felt like everything was gonna work out. You felt like you're capable and that you can do it. And now with the running report, since the beginning that we started last year, you f- you see and you feel the potential that can come from our vision that we have. Just why do you always feel like you're capable when you're able to really put your passion on the line? And how do people need to apply that same energy into
1: their own lives? That's funny you say that, because like, I've always been too. like even in even in like, I don't know if you guys see me in track, like I'm the guy like at practice, I'm getting hyped, like I'm yelling like, ah, like, let's go. Yeah. Like, I got low key been in fights on the track. But um, <laughs> I always used to watch motivational videos as a young kid, too, like on YouTube. I used mm-hmm. to always watch motivational videos. I said, I don't know. I've always just loved that i've always loved the un i've always loved the the underdog because i grew up being small like i always i always love i always love that and i always just been that person that like you know like people count you out but you believe in yourself i love it but i think a lot of that comes from just like i just don't believe like we were created to be we were created to be like extraordinary like i just feel like people weren't created to be be average like everyone was created to be, extraordinary and great in their own pathway and I think a lot of it just comes from knowing that you are worth like you're worthy you're worthy of you're worthy of greatness you know I mean I remember when like that big thing like when I said that year I got injured like that was the year too I was like really determined and running to go off and the big thing I wrote on my wall everything like I was just saying why not why not you know I just always would ask myself like why not why not mm-hmm. and like you know and it's a great question to ask and it's like you can't really come up with it's hard to come up with an answer for that at least for me i'm like it's hard for me to come up with an answer i'm like why can't the why can't the running report be bigger than flow tracker under space why why and it, usually the answer to that is some type of insecurity so like i try to just remind myself and whatever i do like why why can't it be me like maybe I, maybe I'm, maybe the way i do something is different than that way but why not and it's just like also it's just like i just don't under i just can't why not just dream for the biggest thing possible like you yeah. you only have one life and you don't you don't know and from everything i've ever read or saw like the people that become great and big at, big at something they they just they were almost delusional they're just like yeah like like a lot of people they're just like I- i'm gonna do this i'm gonna make the biggest thing ever like no one might believe in them before but you never you never know who that person is gonna be it just ends up being somebody like
0: yeah. you know
1: it could be it could be anyone so i always just ask myself why like why not and i usually can't come up with a good answer that's not like some type of insecurity for why not so i'm just like bro like you can do that too Everybody's human.
0: Aaron Potts, the power of why not? That's what I have to say to really just end off the podcast and really just sum up what we just listened to. To be honest, and for first off, like before we, we close out, just like everybody that has listened to the podcast so far, this deep, like you guys are the real ones. You're the true homies. Be able to listen through Aaron's powerful story and the power, the power of why not and why 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 we should just really believe in ourselves. And I hope that's some things, there's a lot of things that you can take away from this podcast in total. But if there's one thing for sure, just the power of why not be able to believe in yourself. And before we close the pods, you got anything else you want to say to the people, Aaron, before we get out of here?
1: Uh, I just want to say, yo, thanks for listening to me ramble for like an hour. I hope that, I hope that that was, hope that was cool. But I appreciate everybody that, you know, always, tunes in every week and just gives us that opportunity um to share our life stories and the people that come on again you're not on this week but just thankful for all of that and we're gonna keep this going and hit that 52 weeks
0: yeah and also catch us next tuesday we'll be back we we'll back on next Tuesday. We are gonna get on that schedule. We won't be coming to you on Thursday next week. I believe it. Trust me. Trust me. And then for and also uh, check out the Rosie Project vlogumentary Running Report YouTube channel. We'll have all the links down below for you guys. you guys. Can check us on Instagram and everything like that. Like Running Report, we're coming full force at the end of 2020 in the beginning of 2021. So check us out. Content coming from the Running Report very very soon. Thank you guys so much for listening. We always appreciate the love and see y'all next week on a Two Black Tuesday. Yes, sir. For sure, for sure.
1: Yes, sir.